Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. When last they were together on this night in the corresponding fixture, it was a spiteful encounter. A quarter-time bust-up, a missed free kick on the siren, which left the visitors jilted. And when they came together (laughs) later in the year, they really did want to settle a few scores. So what will it look like in the fresh campaign as each tries to find their position? The Lions have made a dynamite start and the Cats will be infused by a last quarter where they lit up the MCG to run over Collingwood a week ago. On AFL Nation, it is Geelong and the Brisbane Lions down at GMHBA Stadium on the most beautiful Friday evening. AFL Nation is for sports power. Get the latest ASICS footy boots in store at Sports Power Now. Jared Waitley with you. Anthony Hudson's with me. Hello, Hutto. Good evening, Jared. Hi, everyone. It is absolutely glorious. It's just a beautiful night. Great to be here looking over GMHBA Stadiums. Stage 7 of Brian Cook's stadium <laughs> expansion. It looks like it's well and truly underway, which on a windy night would really change conditions here, but it's perfectly still. And if the curtain raiser, the uh, VF, VFNL, as uh, Rex used to call it, uh, VSFNL, uh, is any indication we are in for a thriller? It's Geelong 12 12 84. The Bankers leading the Brisbane Lions 13 5 83. They're going down to the wire at the 24 minute mark of the final term. Uh, Jared, and as, uh, as you alluded to, that's how close it was last year. And let's hope we're in for something similar tonight because, particularly if Brisbane win, I think then we have we can see the number two team. It was the question Jared's been posing for a week or so, and others have followed during the week because uh, that really would uh, strengthen their credentials, I think, to be the, the runners against the team we saw last night. Jared Healy, good evening. Good evening, Jared, and hello, everybody. I think we worked out who uh, the number two team is in the competition, and uh, we discussed it with Ben Dixon last night uh, at Fox Footy. Daylight is number two. Yes. We are now working on number three, so it's uh, a pretty fair... I think, uh, estimate of just how well Melbourne are going. Tonight, we've got two really good sides. I, I keep writing down on paper the sides, the matchups, and the mids look even. Geelong's forward line, to me, looks slightly better than uh, Brisbane's back line. And uh, Brisbane's forward line looks slightly better than, or maybe a lot better than uh, Geelong's back line. So it's, it's going to be a pretty tight one. But I must say, the, uh, the I think she's a Spanish lady, La Nina, she is having a massive impact yeah. on our on our competition. We are having days that uh, you rarely see. What a magnificent night we've gotten up in Sydney and uh, on the Gold Coast, etc. It is just bucketing down like it's never bucketed down before. So uh, lots of different things are impacting on this competition. It's playing well for Victoria and Melbourne, isn't it, at the moment? An incredible summer we've had. And as we said, just a glorious night for footy. What do you make of Brisbane's early season credentials? It's a good question, Jared. I'm not quite sure. I mean, you can take nothing out of last week. They got they beat beat up on a, you know, borderline, you know, senior team at this stage. They've got lots and lots of injuries. So, you know, they're not competitive at the present time. And I hope that changes for them uh, rapidly. They fell in in round one. They're quite uh, impressive in round two. So tonight's a real test for them. I'm really sad that Oscar Big O is out because he has a big influence and uh, it's it's a big weakness, I think, for them. I know Ford's been okay. Uh, they may say he's been better than that, but uh, he's he's been okay. But I think tonight is a real test for them and uh, they get badly beaten tonight. Well, they've got some work to do. And the Cats? A bit similar. 
a bit similar. I, I, I love the Cats forward line. I just think, you know, Radicalia coming into that side, they've got two unbelievably good tools, and Radicalia is this talent that uh, we don't quite know what his upside is. Their midfield has got a couple of A-graders. One of them's not playing anymore, and he's an A-grade uh, by reputation. He's... His, his output these days is, is not as good as it, it once was, but uh, spiritually he's so important to them, not playing. But uh, they've got some hell of, they've got some really good midfielders, the opposition. One of them is going to get tagged tonight in uh, a savage tag. O'Connor comes in and it's, it's going to really challenge Lockie Neal, who's uh, had a free run of it so far this year and been in good form. If it is going to be spiteful and they are going to drop the steel cage, we've brought our best colour man in just Excellent. for the occasion. So if they don't square up to each other, we'll be a bit unfulfilled. Dermot Burton, welcome. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you going? Took the chopper down, did you, do? Yeah, we had a 1991 Premiership reunion this afternoon, haven't we? Because of all the... It was the... I think it's it's got to the fourth uh, um, date... Uh, we've had to f- pass ah, on the first okay. three because of COVID last year. So we eventually found today as the date. And, yeah, wonderful to catch up with all those It must all be those a quiet friends. year when you don't have a reunion, though, isn't it? Isn't what it? would it be like for Michael Tuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. Seven. <laughs> he, 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 he only misses three years every decade. Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Who was winning the Norm Smith as you left? Uh, you know what? For all, not just Hawthorne supporters, for, for all people... Paul Deere made a oh, great. an appearance, yeah. and he's uh, yeah he's for those who don't know he's got pancreatic cancer. Um, wonderful fellow, he's dropped a lot of weight as to be expected. Yeah. He's just past the eighteen month mark since diagnosis. Uh, he's in good spirits. That's good. He's very quiet and he's very frail. Uh, but he was having a laugh today, and he was sitting down there. And Cherry, his his uh, Cheryl, his wife, uh, brought him in, obviously. And all the the room went silent when he walked in, and everybody walked up and gave him a hug. He's just a beautiful man, and 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 for people who have those kind of things, football clubs are great places mm. to be. <laughs> when you get there and you see somebody you've been through something quite exceptional with. And you just you don't have to speak. You just walk up and you give him a hug, and it was it was a, quite a somber, somber and sobering moment. Yep. So that was a beautiful moment. He was he was holding court. Johnny Platten uh, was having a good time. Uh, Joycey spoke, uh, and then and. I noticed Jason's head dip. They haven't spoken for twenty five years. That's right. Yeah, they don't speak to each other. Apparently he said something. Good to well, you to make it public. Anyway. <laughs> no, well, no, Jason's actually said that. Okay. Yeah, he, he made. Well, he did make some critical assessment of Joycey in his book. So that's kind of out there, Anthony. Okay. <laughs> was Joycey just happy to get the four points like he was oh, after the premiership? I in tell you what, Joycey's a very. I like Joycey. He's the bloke who probably, in earnest, sacked me from Hawthorne. But he's so honest, you can't hold it against him. Angry you, Anderson just, turn up? Angry wasn't there. No. no Would have no. been good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but he comes up and he's a real close talker. He gets very close. He leans right in and very earnest and the eyes don't blink. <laughs> 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 and it's like he's giving you another one of his his sermons. But, uh, yeah, so wonderful day to see all those guys. Oh, I had a good chat with Jimmy Morrissey from the oh. Hawks for, for re- rejuvenation or what would uh, uh, change, change. change. Change, I change, yeah. So we had it out, but the good thing is we're ex-teammates and and uh, a fondness for each other, and you can you can have it out uh, our differences in a really respectful manner. So that's so I hope everybody else does that. We don't want to turn into Richmond from 1990s. <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned like we're talking about Cyril the other day. Uh, uh, you know, he hasn't been back for three years. I was thinking, who hasn't been back? It took KB 30 years to go back. <laughs> he wouldn't he? even drive in punt row, remember? That was his gag. <laughs> so, yeah, we had some great conversations with those blokes as well. You know, love Jimmy, Andy Gowers and the likes. And, yeah, Dean Anderson. Do you do night premiership reunions as well, Derm, or not? Yeah, no, I'll well, tell you what, though. I keep saying this. People, and, like, Geordie Lewis, who we're also very fond of as well. Geordie takes the mickey out of me occasionally and says, oh, you're counting the night premierships, are you? We used to make, back in the 80s, remember, Jared, your club would turn a profit for the season of 25000 and you were one of two or three teams who might have been 
profitable. profitable yeah. The night premiership was worth 180,000. Yeah, that was the profit you times six. Have, that was the difference between having a shocking year on, in, yeah. on the on the on the uh, on the ledger. Or a really profitable year. So we Hawthorne. Dennis that, Pagan would have North Melbourne <laughs> cherry right, wouldn't he, for round one of the Anzac Cup. So you'd have a crack at it. So it was a it was wonderful to see those those friends and the likes and all the trainers that had been there. Well, most of them as well. Some of them have passed away. Beautiful people, wonderful memories. So a really good afternoon. But yeah, we're here at um, a GMHBA. I just actually Tony Hall was part of. He was indeed. He, he was part of. Uh, I think he was two IC at GMHBA. When they he told me he was one IC. He did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he did the sponsorship, didn't he? Yeah, he did the deal here. So he's, um, yeah, he's going well. He's, he's going so well, he's decided to pack up and go and live in Bali for three months. And then he's stayed. Going to, yeah, he's deciding to live somewhere else where it's warmer. So, yeah, these, it's funny, these reunions, you meet so many of the guys you haven't spoken to in earnest with for so long. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're changes in life. So, wonderful day to be had. Uh, but as we are talking about, we're here at GMHBA and should be a cracking match. You know, when, Jared, when we always come to games and we throw out that tantalising, oh, I can't split them, I can't. You know what? Tonight's one where we really don't know yeah. who's going to win. Brisbane are probably, at this point in time, the better team on neutral ground, but they're not on neutral ground tonight. And that will give Geelong a little bit more of a leg up. So... We'll see what happens. I'm really looking forward to this one. I can't split them. <laughs> it's always good when they're stitched in residual. So from this game last year, oh, the yeah. return bout was at the Gabba. They did. They were at each other, and the Lions spanked along that night. And the Blitzarves mark down here that, oh, sorry, Mark, the holding the ball holding that the hit ball, the grass, yeah. and so well, that wouldn't want to happen this year. <laughs> I reckon there's a really interesting challenge coming for the senior guys of Brisbane. Zorko's on the back flank. O'Connor's will limit Lockie Neal's influence. He, I can't see Lockie getting third. If he does, he's clearly best on ground. So, therefore, who steps up? I mean, you've got Lyon. Jared Berry is a guy we thought was going to be an A-grade mid. At the moment, he's still putting... Uh, he's become a, a bit of a tagger of sorts. He's, he's still finding his best. McCluggage can go through the middle of the ground. Cam Rain is going through the middle of the ground. Um, this And Rain is going through the middle of the ground. So there's some challenges there because eventually Zorko's out of the midfield. They're going to have to step up and the next level down are going to have to get them home if they do get home. The one thing I like about what you've just said, you've touched on two boys. Are Brisbane going to get better this season from last year? I think so, yes, because they had nothing out of Cam Rayner for obvious reasons yep. with his knee injury. So he's going to give them something. Jared Berry only played six games. Mm. And he now is in the what we would term the sweet spot of his career. Yeah, he he's should played, be entering it, shouldn't he? He's played seventy something games, and he's a big. He's a young man, but he's now a big man. Plays in the middle, one hundred and ninety-one centimeters, and he's a you know ninety plus kilos, and he's capable of entering that sweet spot of his career tonight. Tonight, where he should be able to do that, and I do take on board where you say. Uh, yeah, he's been given some roles. I reckon he's been given roles at the stoppage. But then, like so many other teams, when the ball scatters, he scatters too. And he chases the ball there. But he does, because of the size of him, he has a role at the stoppage against big other opposition team bulls. I reckon if you look at their, their line in the, their line through, the, through their careers, they came in together. McCluggage was well behind Berry for the first two years, and now McCluggage is, in my view, well in front of Berry for, for, for a couple of reasons. Berry's kicking struggles, um, and he, he needs to fix that. To become the A grader, he needs to hit targets and hit goals. McCluggage is a beautiful kick, midfield kick, but it struggles in front of goals. He needs to fix that. And unfortunately for the Lions, it, it, it runs through their club. Danaher is an unreliable kick. McStay is a, a beautiful field kick. I mean, off-centre halfback, he's played one of these best games I've ever seen at, way, at uh, Marvel Stadium when he was playing centre halfback. They moved him forward. He's a bit dodgy in front of goals. Um, so to me, there's, you know, there's this kicking issue that uh, is, a little bit, is a little bit fragile for the Brisbane Lions, and they need to address it. There's no doubt that the absence of Hipwood it's, it hurts, we're huh? seeing that. I mean, he's a third tall forward, yep. and we sort of see him as somebody who floats in, 
But the amount of actual contested marks he takes is elite in the terms of uh, what the standard is for AFL. So his uh, absence is still felt greatly. Their best side clearly was Oscar in the ruck, Joe Danaher second ruck for mine, and then Hipwood and McStay floating when uh, he's not there. I mean, they're going to get better when uh, McStay comes back. Sorry, when Hipwood comes back and Oscar's back. So they're a little bit off their best tonight. It'll be uh, interesting to see if they can do enough over four quarters. So you got Charlie Cameron up there as well. Can Cam Rayner be the capable of what the very best of Jordan Degoe is? I, I think that's beyond him at the moment. I'd love to see that happen. And he's he's got to take some huge steps for that to happen. I'm, I'm not sure... Have you stood next to Rayner? Yeah, I have. It's a powerful he's kid, a, isn't he's he? He's a unit, yeah, but I'm not sure he can run the Ks, and I'm mm. not sure he's got that ability to amass the possessions. I don't know if he's ever had a 25-possession game. I, I suspect doubt he, would. he has. Yeah. I, I doubt I, he would. I, yeah, I, sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. not even sure he's had a 20, but uh, maybe Brooksy can research that for us. He will do that. I know um, a bloke in the box who wasn't had a 20. And I'm not looking at you two who didn't play AFL. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't... You don't often get 20s as a centre-half forward. But it's, you know... 25 to 30. Yeah, of course you were. Yeah. That, that's How a jealous you go, In your footy, what was your biggest haul? With oh, the... I thought we were talking cricket. I got to 20 a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And out in the middle with the willow? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, cricket... Did you get three figures? No. Has anybody walked that ground over the out the back of uh, Stage yeah. 7? That's nearly the best surface I've ever seen in Australia. Yeah, yeah. How much money yeah. are they getting if they can have their second ground as good as that? Mastered being a marginal seat, yeah. federal yes. and, and state. state. Oh, yes. Here's the shrine Here to us. Yeah. Twice, Costa mastered way. that. Yeah. Twice, Cam Rayner has got to 20 plus. Best of 22. There you go. 22's But not best. 25. No, 22. No, wouldn't have got to 25. Yeah. Yeah. Friday night footy, the Cats and the Lions. We'll touch base with both camps and we'll delve further as we get closer to the opening siren. How did we come away from last night? Well, can't well, defend ball movement, can they? But it was a dour game. It, it only if took you us... made it to the end, you've done well as a viewer. I think it, it, it was working. We were talking about the first 18 games. First two rounds, it says, isn't this exciting? I mean, and the first thing that comes to mind is I know... Sammy Mitchell, he's thrown it all in. The keys are in. He's thrown all chips in and said, if you get the ball in the back line, give it to CJ. Give it to Sis. He'll kick the eyes out of it. CJ will run forward. Let's attack out of the back line. And the whole weekend, rounds one and two, we saw really attacking football. And then the dogs came out and they'd lost the first two and they said, well, we'll just put an end to this. And they shut down their game. And then other teams since that moment have gone... Yeah, we might have attacked it a little hard. We might just shut this down. And Ken came out last night and thought, we might just possess it so they don't have it with enough time to kick a big score and see what we can make of it from there. So we're already in round three, uh, round four now, starting to shut the game down again. Yeah, I had a look at the scores. It wasn't too great, was it? Uh, I spoke to you. I had a swim with a uh, fanatical Melbourne supporter today. He didn't get through the halftime. And uh, his son, Harry... This is my brother. Uh, his son, Harry, he told Dad we're going to bed halfway oh, through the really? second. He is a mad Gee. Melbourne supporter. That shows how arrogant Melbourne supporters have got already. <laughs> They're tuning in for the good ones. Yeah. So was it worthwhile as a one-off exercise or when you don't kick a goal until the 23rd minute of the third quarter, was it self-defeating? Well, I think even Kenneth said it was self-defeating in the end. I, mean, I don't blame him for having a crack. Good on him. He's come up with a method, but unfortunately... It was, you know, made them look even more fragile than they, they possibly were. Their forwards aren't working. Their midfield got smacked. But we're talking about the side that's going to smack most sides this year. And uh, yeah, they turned it into an ugly do-a struggle. And they were in the game to some degree. And it was only their kicking once again that probably prevented them from being uh, a lot closer at halftime. Teams, when, they're, when they recognise they're not as good as the opposition and they shut it down, they're virtually saying, we're going to get to some point in the game... We're never going to lead this. We're going to be behind, but we hope to be within striking distance. And then when we Pick take the shackles off, wide. we're not too far behind. And hopefully our best 30 minutes of football might surprise them and might clinch it. I felt like they actually had periods in the first quarter and they the did. second quarter where they had the ball in their half for considerable periods, but they just couldn't score a major. That's could they? A, the thing is with teams that go out with the defensive mindset, you can defend, defend, defend. And the teams that have done well out of that 
are teams with superstar forwards because you just you defend so much. There's an onus on defence, and then you just get the ball into your own forward line on the the opposition backman's terms. But the forwards are such superstars; they're able to kick a score for you. They they don't have those superstars. No. I mean, Robbie Gray is mercurial. He's Best footy is probably behind him, and Big Charlie not there, so that hurts him. That will help. And when they can. Yeah. So those mercurial type players who can make something out of the 50-50 ball, they're just not there. What they relied upon was blokes hitting targets, and they couldn't do they it. Could, yeah. their, their midfielders couldn't hit targets. They kept kicking it to Stephen May, and it was you know it was unfortunate, but it was a nice whole shellacking in the finish. Ollie's kicking isn't great. And the week before, I thought Ollie's kicking was, for an elite midfielder, was was less than than what was required. So he ended up playing 27 minutes and he's been in hospital since last mm. night and Port Adelaide's latest information was he's still there. And Lysette dislocated his shoulder and jabbed up, strapped up to play out the rest of the game to be a body out there. So zero and four was wretched, mm. um, but the the setup of their team at the moment is decimated. Mm. Yeah. What what's the diagnosis on Ollie apart uh, from so heart irregularity. Okay. And driving said, down Geelong Road you, 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 you do listen to a fair bit of it and there was a lad rang in and he said he had the same um, medical uh, situation as Nathan Eagleton did many years oh, yeah. ago yeah, when there's he been fell a few, over. Yeah, where they yeah were and the, there was a wondering uh, thought to whether he might have even been in there, but I, I'm, I'm yeah, just speculating and listening to that call. So, so it wh- seemed wh- very they, quite irregular, didn't it? Yeah. What do they do now? I mean, they're going to stick with, they're going to be as supportive as Ken, obviously, as as they can. But what's what's his approach and what's Port's approach? We, Kane was very strong last night, telling uh, yeah the Port supporters they will drop off in a heartbeat, and we even saw that with the numbers last night and. Yeah, they lose to Carlton next round. Yeah, they'll feel it. It'll, it'll be big in the city very quickly. Yeah, but that's the reality of life. It I mean, is. they've been up for a long time. They're now down, it, and they may go further down if injuries don't uh, help them along the way. So they just have to suck it up as a club. And as uh, the coach, I thought he was magnificent after the game. He was positive. He was energised. He wasn't taking a backward step. He owned everything he did. And if I'm a player, well, then I'm jumping on board. Now, we don't know if there's some sort of lingering problem after their horrible prelim final, and, and that could have been carried with them throughout. But, I mean, I think that's the last spot you end up on. You start with there's no Alia, there's no Charlie Dixon, there's no Robbie Gray. There's, there's no seven first starting players in that team. And if you look at what came in, their kids. So their depth has been exposed to yep, a, a fair no degree. And, I mean, if the Port Adelaide supporters can't see that, well, you know, there's no point trying to explain it to them. They've got issues with personnel and they're not going to get fixed in a hurry. And they did they did address the preliminary final. They did review it hard. Other yep. teams haven't in the past. And from you know, I made a couple of calls today. From what, and you always, you never can be quite sure, but the support for Ken amongst the players yep. is as strong as ever. Yep. So, yeah, we wait and see what, what happens next. One of the aspects I did not like seeing last night was, and we know he's a little live wire, he's a tremendous player, Zach Butters. When he gave away that free kick in the goal square, which turned around yeah. the ball and the shot on goal, Looking back at it, the amount of Melbourne jumpers standing around him, one out, and just terrorising him verbally was an awful look for Mm. Team Unity. Somebody had to be there flying the flag for the smallest player on their team. And it's it, it you can't do anything. You can just be there. I just thought, for Team Unity, I thought it was a dreadful look from the power players in that forward line who should have been there. And it raises another issue that Ken's got, and so have these young group, the wonder kids that were going to be the, uh, I guess, the mainstay of the rebuild. Uh, Butters is 16% off last year, still playing okay because he was playing brilliantly last year. Connor Rosie, I think everybody loves Connor Rosie's best, but he is 60% off last year, and last night he was the lowest ranked player on the ground so had no influence whatsoever uh, Dersma's injured stroke dropped I think there's a combination of both uh, they've got a couple that are going pretty well Willem Drew's going quite well uh, Carl Amon but they're not young anymore there's 23 and Amon's 26 
So it's the two or three wonder kids that uh, we have all admired that need to fire up and uh, lead this emergence out of the hole. That's right. They had to inherit the club, didn't yep. they? And, and that hasn't happened. No, not yet. Still very young, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it, those types of players, when you say, it's great terminology, inherit the club. You love key position players to inherit the club. Uh, take on the on the role within the team, and then you bring those players like the the, the fleet of foot style players, Butters, Dersmer, and the like. They come in and flesh out the frame. Dermot Brereton and Jared Healy on duty for AFL Nation ahead of Friday night footy, which is Geelong and the Brisbane Lions down the highway. The pregame show is for Beaumont Tiles. Save with Beaumont's Easter specials in store now. Friday night footy from GMHBA Stadium, Geelong and the Brisbane Lions on AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest ASICS footy boots in store at Sports Power now. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Jared Healy and Dermot Burton with you. With us in the pre-match is Simon Lloyd, Geelong's head of footy. Simon, great to have you on the program. Hi, Jared. Hi, gents. Run the rule over the Cats for us three weeks in. Yeah, look, we've... Um I think last week, our, our last quarter last week, and our, our, our first four quarters against Essendon were pretty good. But I think uh, we missed our chances in round two against Sydney. Uh, I think we could have really put some pressure on them. But I think we started to get a bit back on track last week in the last quarter. And we've had a bit of a chat about it this week. And uh, I think defensively, we're, we've, we need a bit of improvement. But attacking-wise, we're ranked second in the competition. Yeah, so in the changes that you're trying to make, are you seeing the, the reinforcements of what's been practised across the, the pre-season? Oh, we'll see tonight, Jared. Um, I, I, I think we definitely are. In regards to our attack, there's definitely been some changes there. And uh, I, I think last week, yeah, this is where Chris got such a good coach. He adjusted some things in that last quarter and uh, just the belief of the group. And, uh, look, they're an experienced group, but... We had some young performers last week, some young guys, and Max Holmes, who had a great last quarter, and uh, Tyson Stingle came alive, and Sam DeConning got through as well. So some, some real excitement down here at the Cattery. Hey, Simon. Dermot here. How are you going, sir? Hey, Dermot. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Um, your biggest play, the, the biggest name in the team, Joel Selwood. Uh, speculation, should we, shouldn't have left him out for this game? Is he injured? Is he not injured? Is he rested? Where do we sit with him? Oh, he's like like you, uh, Dermot. Uh, he'd play every week if he could. Sometimes you've got to uh, try and really look after him. And we had this chat you know, over the preseason with with a number of players. We, we, we've and Scotty's spoken about this all along. We're trying to really manage a group, and it's a look. It's a big season. You come off you know short turnarounds, and uh, we do need to have his best interests. And uh, yeah, look, he's a big game player, and we might find tonight that that may not have been the right call. But um, look, it, it is important. We've got to make sure that everyone's healthy come season's end. And you've got to make the most of it while you can as well. Yeah, judgment call. Um, the final question about him. And I know this world, <laughs> you get to a certain age and you don't have quite the same effect. And I know you, you're, you're a qualified uh, psychologist, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, Derm. That's right. He looked... To me, like he played... Derm's an unqualified very, psychologist. I'm a bush. <laughs> he looked like he played very angry last week. Is that a fair comment? Uh, yeah, it's a good observation, Dermot. I think, mind you, that you look at the last 15, 20 minutes, he willed himself and yep. willed the team. And uh, Yeah, but it was uh, uncharacteristic early on in the game, And uh, but, he, but he had it together come, come uh, last quarter. What, what do you reckon is the reason for that? Is that, as I was saying, we get to a certain age and we just think, can't have the same effect anymore. This tackle has to count for three in one. Oh, there's a bit of that. But um, look, also, for, for last week, it was such a big week. And uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of media and breaking the game's record. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of family as well. And there was so much going on. And I, I just think it was a, a different week for him. And I think, uh, I think it's, it's look, it's, it's wonderful for the club and wonderful for Joel and his family. But I'm glad we've ticked that box. Yeah. Hey, so is there any recording of three-quarter time when Jeremy and Thompson just kicked the ball to us, fellas? Any danger <laughs> oh, and we'll look after they've, it? They've, they've got the Dermot strut, those two. They've got it, they've got it down pat. And uh, oh, they're just a belief. And I know, Dermot, you just mentioned about Joel being the big name. But, but those two are going all right, though, as well. And really for us, it's... A, Pretty simple. We're just trying to get it down to them as quick as we can. Jeremy's the, the quiet alpha male, isn't he? he? He's not the the yell and rant and rave. He will speak up and be loud, but he is the alpha male that that, that does want the moment. Oh, he does. He does want it big time. And uh, 
obviously we we splattered a bit last year at different points with with jeremy's body but uh he's had an incredible pre-season that's really setting him up and uh yeah we've seen we'll, we'll see we'll reap, reap reap the rewards this year can i ask you uh simon how and what do you see long term for uh, asava radagalia who if you to emerge from this transition of the Selwood era into the next era, he's got to be a pivotal part of it, I reckon, if you're going to stay up in the top half. Yeah, you're right, Jared. Um, he's now got a, obviously a number of games under his belt. And uh, with with the tall, sometimes you do need to be patient. But I've seen games of football. You know, there was a game only a year and a half ago where you know, we were playing against the Tigers and he was the one that stood up and really kept us in the game at the MCG. So... We're seeing passages of it, but uh, it's just a matter of just putting that all together. And I, I, I suppose we've, we've we've seen what he was like when he first came through the doors. And I remember watching him in the VFL out at Whitton Oval and struggling to get through a game. So it's just really building that over a period of time. But he, he now has got a number of games under the belt. But it's right in saying that uh, that's where we do need to go. And we need players like Asaba. And he's, he's well aware of that, that really need to lead the way. He's a freakish talent. Has he got a tank big enough to apply that freakish talent for four quarters? Is that one area where he needs to get better, or is it a concentration thing? Because uh, his highlights reel is enormous already. Yeah, look, I think there are bursts where he can really take the game on, and uh, that was the one thing early days that he was really struggling to get through a quarter uh, or parts of a quarter. But but really now, I, I, we haven't got as many concerns in that space, but... Again, you, you know, throwing a Sava into, into the middle of the ground and he's you know, coming up against, you know, your types of your Max Gorns and, you know, Brody Grundys. And it's just really building that capability and that belief in himself as well. And, you know, we, we've got full faith that, you know, he'll get there and over time. But we can see it's just, just layering, you know, over time. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see it down the track. So Radigalia's presence tonight, Simon, how, how do you interpret and apply the Medi sub rule he's taken out of last week's game? And he plays tonight. So uh, I thought this might come from you, Jared. Um, it's a good question, and uh, we still at six fifty. We haven't finalised the team. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> Has the um, AFL been involved in this? Uh, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. It's a really, it's a really good question, and uh, it's probably one of those ones where it's been right through the media this week. And uh, I suppose when it comes to the Medi sub, it's you know I. As a club, we have had no issue whatsoever with any team in the competition how they've applied their sub over the last, you know, since its inception. Uh, but in saying that as well, um, it's it's a doctor's call. So really, the AFL are very clear that they don't want coaching you know, coaches to manipulate, you know, the medi sub rule, and have not seen the case that be the case. And really, um, there's a big governance uh, around this for for doctors and their integrity and, and those type of things. So. Yeah, for Scotty and I, it's it's a doc's call, and and that's exactly what happened last week at three quarter time. So, do you have to apply that that twelve day measure or not? I think we're a bit unclear yeah. on the outside, and that's that's the problem, Jared. That is a real problem because there's a little bit of grey there, and I know, I know having spoken to Brad Scott, they're they're really working through this at the moment, and I think. The introduction, I can see it was well-meaning, and I understand the, the introduction, you know, due to concussion and things like that. But, you know, you know we're, we're, from our, our interpretation, we don't see it as a 12-day. Yeah, so it can't take any further part yeah. in this game and legitimately injured. Yes, exactly right. Okay. It's a, it's a vexed question. Oh, sorry, not a vexed question, but it's a problem for the competition. Do, do, you, do you think... In, that the whole thing needs to be addressed would we be better off having just a fifth interchange because it does appear as if it's an advantage and a number of coaches have gone public with it that if uh, you take somebody off late in the last quarter uh, you get the fresh legs advantage and it's had an impact should we address it again well you do look last week and Dalhouse definitely had an yeah. impact you know him coming on with the fresh legs and gave us that real burst of energy and uh, had an impact on the game so I know at you know, really for us, it's it's something that headquarters, the AFL, are looking at very closely, and they'll work through it. And but it is obviously a, a big discussion point at the moment across the competition. So O'Connor comes in, he goes uh, obviously to Lockie Neal. If Lockie Neal goes uh, to the, or, or does he? Does he? Is he tagging? So uh, he will definitely be playing through the midfield. <laughs> so if Lockie yeah. Neal goes to the forward pocket, which he's been doing a bit of, does he go to the back pocket? 
Uh, well, we generally don't play that way, yep. and um, yeah, there'll be lots of handovers at different points of time. But um, we're pretty comfortable with our backs. Does Dalhouse does he make it onto the field tonight, or does he end up being one? Uh, stuck on that uh, once again the emergency or was it good enough to throw him in actually I'm he's, in the, look at he's well, in the team he's already the team. but that, that you say Until when Simon it has... does his magic with the team and yes. in and but it doesn't out. if you haven't finalized that can still change can't it it can still change but Dalhouse yeah. is playing as yeah. well yeah okay yeah. okay how many late changes are there going to be Simon just to mark We've our got sheets pens ready <laughs> <laughs> there'll be at least one I think okay. but um, so yeah, two. possibly two all right <laughs> uh, and the the memories of last year the rivalry with the Lions is, is we've brought Dermot in just in case she gets a bit spiteful what what are you reckon's going to happen it was it really interesting last year coming down you know, where I'm standing now at you know in front of our race at, at quarter time and uh, Obviously, a fair bit of attention went into Lockie Neal in that first quarter, and uh, I think Lockie wasn't happy about the attention he received from Gary Rowan at that time. And coming onto the ground, there was... Uh, you could not have seen a calmer person in Chris Scott. During There was a lot of heat. I was standing a foot away from him at the time, and uh, he was totally calm. And I, I think he operates very well when, it, when it's quite chaotic. So um, I'm sure tonight there will be spot fires at different points of time but that, that's the, the fact is we, we've played in some big, pretty big games between us and the Lions over the last two years yeah, final question on that just the, the way footy's played they say do, do you like to have them pushed to the line emotionally or do you find that in this era calm calmness of mind is best for the football I know there's individuals come into it but as a group, what, where, which way do you think the Cats produce their best footy? Highly alert and agitated or with a calmness? Uh, with a calmness, Dermot. I think it's up to the individual. You've got to find what works best for you. But Chris, as a coach, likes, you know, he prefers intrinsic motivation where they generate, generate it themselves. But every now and again, there's a bit of time for a, uh, you know, a, a bit of extrinsic. So that happens every now and again. But you can't get away with that every week. It's deeply tempting to ask you to run a psychoanalysis of Dermot, mm. but we'll let you go because there's plenty <laughs> of I'm more than happy to do a segment. Oh, yeah. We'll we do that one. Yeah, we can we organise that? I'd love to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Simon, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks, James. That's an Simon Lloyd, yes. oh. <laughs> head of footy uh, at Geelong. If we were calling cricket, it's a rain delay, isn't oh, it? it is, yeah. In fact, uh, we're just bringing both in uh, uh, day three or something. Uh, no. At least I've never turned up at the airport getting ready to go on TV interstate without my suit. <laughs> Uh, I don't think a salmon is plain from uh, what from appears if so, I mean, it's hard to take a get a tip on this, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at the forward line, Cameron, Hawkins, and Asava. Now the three becomes two, and mm. it, uh, it looks a less daunting challenge. Well, De Koning went forward in the last quarter last week and made a good contest. So whether they stick with that or not, I'm not so sure. He looks he looks better in the forward line just at the moment. Yeah, I think th that's a than fair he call. does in the back line. But they're hoping he'll be a defender. Yeah. But yeah. We might pick up the Medisab conversation in a moment uh, in our pregame show on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Save with Beaumont's Easter specials in store now. A sports news update for Rolled. Eat good with Rolled. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. We're getting set for Geelong and the Brisbane Lions. AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest ASICS footy boots in store at Sports Power now. So we, we've just heard... The way Geelong's applying the Medisub is if the doctor says the player's injured, they're happy to use it. They're not running the 12-day rule, yep. which was vague when it was first yep. in, that you had to have some estimation that the player wouldn't be fit to play the next game or within a 12-day yep. period. So that has obviously been shelved. What's the best configuration of the Medisub? What we have, once one team triggers it, the other team's free to use it at the time of their choosing. All subs should be able to be used from three-quarter time or a fifth interchange. Well, I think we just got confused. We started off with a concussion sub, and I think the whole footy world said, fair enough, concussion sub. That We would have still ended up having that problem late in the quarter. Somebody goes down, you get fresh legs on. So of all the options, to me the most simple is we added a, a sub. Oh, sorry, we added another interchange. I mean, at the moment, we, we went back to three and a green vest, and everybody got annoyed because they had to sit there with a green vest. We've got exactly the same scenario, and it seems that no one is worried about being a sub. But it's got so many inherent problems. I think you just go with the interchange and you work out a simple, a simple concussion rule that the doctors have to apply. 
And the, the concussion is absolute because you have to miss 12 days. Yeah. So this is where it got blurred right at the end as what felt like a very natural thing for the game mm. somehow got um, got altered right right at the 11th hour. But, Do you but, change rotations numbers then, Jared? I wouldn't. Fifth? Well, doesn't that effectively... Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's a fair point. Possibly you do, but the rotations don't seem to be an issue at the present time. If it did, maybe you pull them back a little bit. But it, we just sort of got off on the wrong footy. It was a rush. It was rushed in at the yeah, end of the it season. It was all about concussion. And then all of a sudden, it was a medi-sub. So if somebody goes down in the first minute with a, an ankle then you replace him. And then if somebody goes down in the third minute with concussion, you've got no replacement. I mean, it just lack common sense. Well, whenever you hear concussion, the, the league, they stand upright. Yeah. And yeah. they and they need... It's, it's like saying to the principal, bullying. They will just hear it and go, <gasps> what do we do about it? But we haven't solved the problem, though. No, That's we haven't. the problem. No, we haven't. And, and you and I are old enough. <laughs> We're the only two in this box who are old enough, Jared. We've been right through the evolution. Yep. We, we've seen 19th and 20th turn into interchange, which turned into 19th, 20th, 21st, mm-hmm. and then through these incarnations of adding a fourth, which was a sub-vest, which then became a fourth, and now we've added a fifth, which is a sub-vest again, and now we're talking about turning him into a fifth. Don't and, and, no, it doesn't sound like a dinosaur, but when will it end? I said to you once in a... In a in a conversation, I can see the day, and I might not be alive, so I can't see it, but there could come the day when you trot out your list like yeah, NFL. You did say And you could have... <laughs> Only last week you said <laughs> <laughs> you know, It was a long time ago yeah. I first floated. Right, okay. You could end up with 15, 18 people sitting on the bench. Right, we've lost a centre-half back. Bring in Billy Bunter, who plays centre-half back in the reserves. So you inform might, Billy? Yeah, but it might be something that you can't, you know, utilise the interchange as much. There has to be some parameters about it. We want the people want to see a fit team out there. Other than that, I, don't, I think the days of this was a game of attrition and the and the fittest for the longest wins. I think those days are past us now. Depends but, but on where we, congestion goes. If we get another sp- a spate yeah. of congestion, then the yeah. push will be on for the Adrian Anderson, Kevin Bartlett model, and that is reducing the change and reduce rotations, get fatigue into the game, open it up. Now, that may then create flooding back. I mean, there's all these parameters now that the genie's out of the bottle, as Lee always says. We now know how to control the ball. We know momentum. We know flooding. It's a difficult concept, but I don't think we've solved anything with the uh, with the injury. So no. I think that on a pen stroke from one week to the next, you could just easily go, as soon as one team uses the sub, the other team is free to use yeah. it from that moment onward. And that wouldn't change anything. So if we, and that wouldn't be a significant mid-season change. It would just be actually this is how we're going to apply it from here. The only thing I'd say about moved. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I'd say about that is, if team number one loses a player somewhere in the first. So let's just take second, ten minutes, second quarter. By the time the final term rolls around, there's fatigue in that team. Yeah. And then the other team activate their sub. That gives them an enormous advantage. Yes. And that is at their disposal because they were lucky enough not to suffer the injury. Yep. But there's luck in everything, isn't there? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, there's rub of the green. Too true. Yeah, and that's why I think you take the luck out of it, or you, you add just total luck. You make it a five, five man interchange, or you just go back to four man, and forget about the injury sub. And he'll go back to the concussion sub, which was very sound. Um, is anyone worried a little bit about Essendon now that Jake Stringer's out? Um, they've got a few outs now. They've got like seven. Players would be probably in their team. Stuart Calf, Stringer Hamstring, Smith was the Medisab out, Cutler into the health and safety protocols. Adelaide get back Sloan and Walker. We, we all think that they, as a team, not so much this year, but are on the right track in the build towards 2023 4 and beyond. They are in desperate need of avenues to goal. The best avenue to goal is a hybrid forward in Stringer. And until some of those boys, young Harry Jones and the likes, become qualified key position players who are avenues to goal, they're going to have their ups and downs. And if you get enough downs in a row, you lose confidence, and that's what happens to young forward lines. It's a real challenge for the Crows. And they, they, you know, you could arguably, arguably say they should win that. I know it's not at their home ground. 
But uh, they've got a pretty good structure in place at the present time. They've got the structure that the Bombers would like to have. They've got plenty of tools floating around. Some of them aren't even in the side that uh, are generational talents, potentially. So, you know, it's an option. It's an opportunity for the Crows. So are you worried about Essendon as far as win-loss? Yeah, you have to be. I mean, I tipped Adelaide thinking the game was in Adelaide. I made a blue-blue. <laughs> now I'm happy yeah. because I might actually come up with a winner. Yeah, Taylor Walker back in the team. And you said Thilthorpe's not, but Rory, Rory Sloan yeah. is, is, is included. So they'd have to give themselves a, a decent chance after getting over the line somehow last week. It's amazing. Mark Rusciuto, he spurred that club it's onto hit. a win. <laughs> he, might get the, he might win two in a row. We are going to touch base with the Lions shortly. And then, uh, so we're old bull, old bull tonight. So we've, we've tailored this with a few tactics. So we usually have old bull, young bull, Dermot. And Who's the young bull? Nathan Jones. And he starts the phrase with, back in your day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to channel a bit of that as we go along. We'll touch base with the Lions next. This is the <laughs> AFL Nation pregame show for the Beaumont Tiles DIY sale. Friday night footy brings us to GMHBA Stadium. Geelong hosting the Brisbane Lions. AFL Nation is for sports power, your local footy experts. So it was fairly clear from Simon Lloyd that Asava Radagalia wasn't playing. And there is a second change. It's Tom Stewart, which will send a few shudders through Cats fans, I suspect, on their way here. Uh, Quinton Narkel and Brian Myers are both into the team. And Zach Guthrie is going to be the sub. Um, Stewart was immense last week. And we... We know what it looked like once he dropped out of the team last year through injury and how they tailed from that moment on. It did. It hurt them incredibly, didn't it? It, it just... His capabilities of, of minding a range of players, his ability to mop up, his ability to be third man up assist, his ability to kick out of the back line. He gives them so much in various different fields down there. Yeah, it's quite an impost on them if he if he's not out there. I've got a feeling he hurt him... He- might have copped something in the last quarter last week. I just can't quite remember. We'll, we'll get some details on that, but I think we're ready for us downstairs. Danny Daly's the Lions head of footy. Danny, great to have you on AFL Nation. Good evening, men. Thanks for having me on tonight. Did you know those changes were coming? Always curious to know what the opposition knows. Uh, well, we had a little bit of an inkling uh, Radaglia might not play, but not Stuart, so that took us by surprise a little bit. That'll stuff you're planning it. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. who are we going to tag now down there? Anyway... <laughs> What, what what happens in the immediate aftermath when you when you see a team and, and there's a piece different to what you'd anticipated? Um, oh, look, I suppose it doesn't change too much. Um, they're still going to go with their system, and um, Stewart's a fantastic player, but someone will play that role tonight. It was a uh, little bit of time spent on the board, though, working through who's going to play where, which confuses a bit. But, um, yeah, we'll just uh, go about what we do well and hopefully do it well tonight. Danny, is it... Su- Dermot here, how are you going? Good, Dermot. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, is it similar to lo- local footy? We're going, whew, thank God he's out. Do you uh, still think that way? I'm not going to lie, absolutely. <laughs> of course um, it would be. Like, yeah, seriously, he's a very good player and uh, probably the inform small backman in the competition and you spend a bit of time on him and, and work through how you can stop him. So it certainly helps us. Um, but, yeah, we've still got a job to do. We've got to get it inside 50 first before we can do anything. So we've still got to get that right, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, your ruck stocks, what do you see happening tonight and what is requested of them? Uh, obviously, um, you know, Big O's out, which is a bit disappointing for yep. him and us because um, the two ruck combinations really helped us uh, this year and they've got a good synergy going between them. But, uh, you know, it's good for, for Darcy to, to play against his old mob. He knows them pretty well. So um, he's just got to compete, um, move around the ground with their ruckman, play man on man and uh, just give us first use where he can. And if he can't, just make a contest. And then we've got young Tommy Fullerton who um, has been playing well in the, in the VFL side and uh, been kicking goals as a forward and uh, he gets the opportunity which he deserves so he'll go in there and pinch hit where he needs to and uh, hold his end up, just uh, compete, get long down the line and make a contest. Is Darcy for the type that would have a point to prove? Uh, I think so, he's a pretty quiet individual so I tried having a conversation with him about this week and he didn't give me much so <laughs> I, I think he is, I think you know he's, he's been sitting in the wings and the Geelong VFL team for a few years and, um, you know, not getting the opportunity. So I think he's um, he's in for a big game tonight, hopefully, and uh, hopefully he can get the job done for us. It's, it's an interesting situation for a young man, isn't it? And, and from all my experience, I find that they completely and utterly rise to the occasion or it really hurts them emotionally. What, what do you see in his makeup? I think the character is he'll be OK. It won't uh, phase him too much tonight. Um, he'll just get on with the job. Um, you know, no doubt the first 15 or 20 minutes of the game where it's hot will, will prove a few things for him and see how he's going. But 
Uh, the sort of guy he is, he's, he's pretty iconic and, you know, just gets down to business and doesn't worry too much about things. So I think uh, the occasion won't impact him too much. Yeah, he strikes us as laconic, just looking at him yeah. uh, through the TV, the, the lens of the TV cameras. We were chatting before about the, the next level of players in the midfield. And, and to me, it seems like, well, you haven't had value out of Rainer for obvious reasons and uh, with injury, but and Jared Berry's had a couple of hamstrings last year and a groin mainly, so not a lot out of him either. Yeah, we they are the right age, aren't they, to take off now? Oh, no doubt. And they both had big pre-seasons. Both players didn't have a pre-season last year. And, you know, Jared Berry's an interesting one. He's, he's been with us for a few years, but he's got um, such a big body and... Um, you know, we talk about Geelong's big bodies, but I think our big bodies are, you know, thereabouts with Geelong, and he's one who can do that. So, you know, he'll have an important job to do at times, you know, with Dangerfield at centre bounces and around the ground. So um, he's one that's uh, had a good start to the season. As I said, he's been able to get some consistency in his training. Um, and obviously, you know, we've got blokes like Zach Bailey who are going through there. Um, Cam Rayner, as you mentioned, he's just um, finding his feet after missing a full season, but even him just pinching in there for five minutes can do some damage. So it's just good to have those guys who can uh, come in and impact and give Jared Lyons and, uh, you know, lock and Neal a break for, you know, three or four minutes during the quarter. In his absence, I'm going to pinch Jared Healy's question, uh, and that is Dane Zorko on the back flank. If somebody sweats on him and stops his effectiveness, his ball using, his, his run and dash, his, his breaking of lines, where do you move him to? Uh, well, we've got the option that, you know, we've got Cal Archie who plays on the wing, so we can throw him back and Zorson go into a wing. Um, it's hard to tag wing, um, especially at stoppages and things like that. He can go in the midfield, so there's a number of things we can do with him, but might all but also be one where he just has to, um, you know, play it out and um, hopefully Richie gets off the hook. So, uh, But, you know, Zorks is a hard man to tag because uh, he's so quick and he's got the agility, so um, even if he's not having... The normal impact that he does have, I'm sure at times that he'll break the game open for us. So um, there's numerous things we can do with him, which is always handy for us. When I would assume that you're going to get a tag, O'Connor, on, on Lockie Neal. I what, would have thought so. Yeah. What do you want from the support staff around him, well, support players around him? How do you want them to play that? Or do you just say, Lockie, you're a champ, you work through it? That's our first one. Lockie, you uh, work through it. And... Um, you know, you're good enough to do that. Um, just got to wear him down. So it might be one where your impact in the first quarter might be uh, as great as what it normally is. But if the rest of our midfield group are, you know, knocking up the footy and getting it inside 50, that at some stage you'll wear uh, the opponent down because he can just run all day. Um, he'll do a number of things, you know, the old two-on-ones to free up someone else or, um, you know, we push him forward and come up as a fist. So there's a few things we've got in store if that happens. But uh, first and foremost, we'll back Lockie to get the job done against him. I know they'll mix and match at various stages, but when you set them out there, which apples for apples, Marcus Adams or Harris Andrews, goes to which of the two key forwards? Uh, well, Marcus will, will play on, on Hawkins. He's got a you know pretty good record against uh, him in the past, so um, he plays well on the bigger body forwards, so he'll play on uh, him and uh, obviously... Uh, Cameron will get Harris, so that'll be the two matchups for us, and, and we'll back those guys to uh, to get the job done. But you know, as you know more than anyone, mate, if the pressure's on the ball up the field, that'll help those guys. If it's not, doesn't matter who you play on them. Sometimes, so um, you know, our midfielders and forwards have just got to get their job done defensively to help those guys out. Yep. When, when you analysed last year and where you're at heading into this season, I'll be with with say Hipwood on the long-term injury list. How far off the mark did you feel like you were, and like did you think it was just like we just need to? change a couple of positions and maybe a couple of, tinker with a couple of little things in the way you play? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just a couple of little things with our ball movement. Um, I found that, uh, we found, sorry, that if we weren't scoring from our front half that we were battling a bit to, to score from back half turnover. So we did a bit of work on that over the pre-season, which um, hopefully would complete us a little bit so that if, um, you know, teams take away our forward half game that we know we've got the confidence to be able to score from back half. So that's probably been the Probably the biggest change for us over the um, over the preseason, which is, of course, why we put Zorko down back to help us yep. with that. Um, but that's probably been the number one for us, yeah. And it's Daniel Rich's 250th game. I think he came out just behind you while we've been chatting, and it might be his wife and child who have come down for the occasion. Jared over there. He's very yeah, nice. little, got Lauren here and little Xander. Um, yeah, he's a... Uh, He's a brilliant person, Daniel. He's um, been so loyal to our football club and played so many good games of footy for us and stuck through us through some tough years. And um, hopefully, 
you know, we, uh, we get a win for him in his 250th. Um, we just showed a video then of uh, some of his highlights, and he, I mean, everyone knows about his, his launching left foot outside 50, but you forget how many he's kicked in his time. Like, it was a pretty, uh, pretty decent video clip package that was put together. He was one of those boys that in that, in that draft, which it had Nick Natanui, um, um, Jack, uh, who went to Melbourne. How am I going with this? Jack Watts. Yeah. Jack Watts went to Melbourne. But Daniel was the one who was ready to go game one, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And we actually um, had a bit of a chat with him about that today, about why he slipped down to number seven. And he said it was because of his big ass and he couldn't run. So, <laughs> uh, And that hasn't changed, let's be honest. But, um, yeah, like he's just been a, a great servant of the game in our footy club. So, And he's got his cap on there. That's his trademark. We're in his cap. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get the job done for him tonight. Good luck. Terrific, Danny. Good on you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, boys, for having me, and uh, have a good night and have a good call. Danny Daly, the Brisbane Lions head of footy. The Hyundai Staria Loaders, the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP. And now it's yours from 47.990. Drive away. Take a tech drive today. So those interviews have been quite instructive. The changes out of Geelong and you've got the matchups uh, down in the uh, in the Lions. I was expecting it. Oh, we'll see how they yep. unfold or yep. something. You've I can't believe them. they told us. So you'll be able to put that into your thinking when we roll out the preview for us a bit of well there's there are bulls here tonight old bull old bull jared healy and dermot Burton up next the AFL nation show beaumont tiles diy sale we've got a healthy rivalry with geelong now i mean for the last three years we've been a, a decent side as have they so when the better sides play each other it's it's on the gloves are off so uh, i wouldn't have thought there'd be any different tomorrow night and we just look forward to that and and um you know what we what we hope is um our players could remain calm in that sort of high octane sort of atmosphere i think hate's a, a really strong word there's an intense there's an intense rivalry an intense rivalry. The gloves are off. That was Chris Fagan's billing of what's about to transpire at GMHBA Stadium where the warm-ups are underway. The team news, if you didn't hear it as it broke. Tom Stewart is out. Asava Radagalia as well for the Cats. In comes Quinton Narkle and Brian Myers. Um, what did, oh, actually, we'll leave it for the preview, Jerry, to get your thoughts there. A bit of old bull, old bull. <laughs> Righto. Inspired by Darcy Moore's six-year contract. Back in your day, what was the longest contract that you signed, Jared? I signed a five-year. I think the first long-term oh. contract was Calvin Templeton and uh, Peter, Moore. Peter Moore from Big Big Story. Mike Sheehan was an exclusive. Uh, they came to Melbourne, and uh, it was basically part of the rejuvenation under Barassi. Worked with Kelvin, didn't really work with Kel- sorry, worked with Peter, didn't really work with Kelvin because he was injured, and then we then we moved on to I think Alistair Lynch with a ten year deal, and that sort of didn't work early but worked uh, incredibly well late. So they they've been in vogue for a period and they've gone out of vogue for a period. Did your five year contract work? Uh, no, no, didn't work. Got injured, so I only played one and a half years out of a five year deal. Oh. You paid the whole length. I got I got an injury payment, right? But uh, it, it certainly didn't work for the club. <laughs> Scammed that well. <laughs> Damn it! Your longest contract? Oh no, no. Short leash, three years. But I made it abundantly clear, and this is what great CEOs do for you. We had a, a fellow called John Lawrence, and some people in history don't remember him as well as they. We lost a lot of money at the club. Some bad bad dealings and the likes, but as a CEO, he put together the best talented team that the Hawthorne Footy Club's ever seen and kept them happy. So I said to him, I'll never go anywhere. You just look after me. And I would go in and do my own contracts. The most I ever got was three years. And I would go in there and he said, what are you thinking? And I'd say, I believe I'm worth this for this, 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 this reason. And he'd come back and say, let me have a think about it. And he'd either come back and say, yes, we'll pay you that, which I walked away knowing that I'd underquoted, <laughs> or, or he'd, he'd take me down a little bit and we would look each other in the eye and settle on not a haggle but a conversation between the two of us, shake hands, and then it would get drawn up. And that would happen at, at the conclusion of each two years. So we'd overlap that third year and it was a gentlemanly way to go about it. So I only ever needed three-year contracts. Yep. Yeah. Did you have any teammates in that 
period who got long contracts? No, the only thing I can say is when I was on the board, we did a couple of four-year contracts, um, and that came up, came to us upstairs from downstairs, and we raised our eyebrows, and uh, yeah, a couple of those lads uh, didn't quite see it through, and, it, and at that stage of our life, we'd just gone through the Operation Payback where we were skint as the Hawthorne Football Club, and it financially hurt us. It really hurt there for a while. But we made it through and honoured those contracts. Um, yeah, so that, that was when you when you run your club with a bit of honour. Yeah, we, we felt good about that. Do you yeah. think a player's output changed depending on where they're at in their contract cycle? I think there'd be the odd one like that, but it's very hard to control them like that. To be honest, I mean, people always say this guy plays well in the last year of his contract. Yeah, defi- <laughs> that's definitely been put to me about a couple of players. Yeah, and, and I've that, heard that too. But and there I, may no. be a couple like that. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, you're not going to go too far if you've got too many of those in your particular club. The issue is, uh, long-term contracts like the one uh, we just saw with Darcy Moore, are they worthwhile signing? And my answer to that is absolutely. Very few players uh, miss now with injury. The biggest problem I think you've got with a long-term con- contract is concussion. Do you give a full back six years? I, well, if it's Darcy Moore, he do. I mean, he's an intercepting defender. He's as valuable a player as most in the competition. Uh, McGovern got he got a five or a six-year. I mean, he was the best defender in the game right now, uh, back then, and he's not far off it right now. So, if how old's Darcy? 26. 26. Yeah, so he finishes at 32, and he'll probably sign another one or two-year contract after that if he's uh, if Collingwood are lucky. Depending on the scale of that contract and, and the volume of the money that comes to him in years five and six, it would seem a wise choice because there's not too many people who tailor down at the, at the end of their contracts, a, a long contract like that. But if they do and have provisions for a bit of a clawback, should things not go well, to have a seriously qualified key backman tied to your club for a an era, I, I call an era of football five to seven years, um, to have him tied for an entire era in what should be predominantly the best of his career, it's a good result. As long and of as course, they're not held to the wall financially. Of course, there's Buddy. And when Buddy's contract was signed, it, I mean, the amount of uh, trees that were felled for uh, journos to write copy about how bad a decision that was, and we're yet to see uh, any retractions uh, nine years down the track, was quite phenomenal. And yet he will go on again next year, I've got no doubt. It was, And it's proved to be you know, a great move for him, and it's pr- proved to be a great move for the Swans. It's missing a premiership. But uh, not missing much else. Well, sportsmen worldwide are playing longer, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. The other thing also you can look back at, wonderful sportsman and great clubman like a Shane Crawford gets to a certain age at 30 and his career's tapering, coming down the other side of the hill and he had the honour to turn around and the good grace to say, I'll take a one-year contract, I'm not going anywhere but I'll take a one-year contract, and at the conclusion of that, we'll work out whether I can go another year, which he did. And then he said, at the end of this year, I'll work out whether I can go one more or not. So he didn't want to tie the club to it. And we found that's, you know, he's a great player, so we love him, but there was real honour and grace in the way he went about it as well. You uh, mentioned Crawford. It reminded me of Boomer Harvey. And Michael Tuck. Now, if Michael Tuck is playing in a side down the bottom of the ladder, there's probably somebody in control says, oh, Tucky, we need to move on to the next era. Yeah. KB potentially the same. I'm not sure. But but the, the, the principle is, I think, if Boomer Harvey was in a top of the table, he may well still be playing. He left three years on the table, I reckon. The one thing about Michael Tuck... 1984, I think it was pretty sure it was 84, so I'm in a handful of games, and Tucky's 250th fell on the same day as Lee Matthews' 300th. And they both celebrated, so John Kennedy was invited into the rooms to speak to us prior to the game. What what a wonderful pre-match speech. We were ready to, to eat the barbed wire on the way out of the ground. It was just fantastic. 
I looked across there and went, oh, yeah, little Lee, this will probably be his last year. Tucky, 250. Probably get another one or two years. <laughs> he played more games from that moment than me. <laughs> and and the, that's the beauty of, you know, this current era. I mean, if you are capable of going on, you go on. Yeah. And you get people changing clubs late, like we saw uh, with the Kangaroos uh, defender going to Richmond in, uh, in Robbie Tarrant. Even uh, Johnny Blakey. Johnny that Blakey. That type of thing going to Brisbane, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're going to see more and more of it. And, and I think we're going, to another, we're going to learn a lesson from North Melbourne. I mean, this nonsense of going too young, and I know they've got some injuries, but it's a very, very long road to hoe back. And you do need to keep some uh, old bulls in your in your uh, in your pen. All right, old bull. Now, you're clearly your Selwood observation is from experience. At what point did you start to play angry because of age rather than just choice? There was a time when you know the, the old vertical tests, Jared. When you jump, I could do 76 centimeters, and that was pretty good, static vertical jump. And when my last season at Hawthorne, which I didn't play a game. I was injured, but I could still do those tests. I did 43 centimetres. And I knew I couldn't have the physical effect. And I just thought, right, play smart as a forward, but also play so the opposition are wary. And that's when I started to get a bit nasty in that way. So it, it, it was calculated. It was almost like, how do they call it, a, a battle calm. I wanted to have that really nasty aspect to my play, but still try and remain in control. But I was playing angry. Was playing it worthwhile? Nasty. Or, or would Sometimes, you counsel against it? In this era, I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in that era, you could get a... Well, in that era, you could disguise tackles, you could bump, and you could, you could aim for the head. You literally could aim for the head when you were bumping. So, yeah, you could get I away with it. I remember you going past me once with a uh, forearm and, <laughs> and it just misses it. I'll get you next door. <laughs> <laughs> Our old bulls are in place. GMHVA Stadium. We're counting down to the Cats and the Lions. The AFL Nation pregame show is for the Beaumont Tiles DIY sale. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.